With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, the supercars grid is, is reeling from this bombshell news that the reigning champion, Brody Kostecki, is going to miss the opening round of the 2024 season. Probably the whole campaign is looking likely after this messy rift with Erebus Motorsport. It's not the way you want to start the season and probably not the way you want to trade a champion. Yet here we are. Luke King is our motoring expert. and He's on the line right now. G'day, Luke. G'day, gentlemen. Good to, good to meet you, Julian. And g'day, Gaz. How are you both? G'day, Luke. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. It's uh, an, another season. And uh, as, as we call it in motorsport, the, the silly season has, um, has begun already in, uh, in supercars and in F1. There's, uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about. So uh, I'll let you guys lead the way if you want to ask well, a question. <laughs> you know what? I mean, there's probably a few more political sports on the planet that, than motorsport. Isn't that right? But just, just break this down for our listeners, Luke. I mean, I was remember there in Adelaide and there he was, uh, yeah, Brody Kostecki, championship winner. Wonderful. He should have been driving around about this, you know, the number one on the car. May not even mm. be on the grid this year. How's it come to this? Yeah, look, I, I, it's a difficult one to, to try and pick apart. You know, you, most people from the outside would look at it and go, you know, Erebus has kind of just come in. They've really adapted to these new Gen 3 regulations. For, for the listeners that don't know, um, Supercars had their first year of a new set of rules this year. So, or sorry, for 2023. So they really adapted to that rule set very well. And it's a bit like when... Braun GP won the Formula One World Championship in 2009. They're kind of just come in, this new team that's developed themselves, they're building their own cars. They've got these two rookies that they've built up over the last few years and, and they've won a championship. You know, they had Coca-Cola on board. They had a, a really good sponsor in Shoreham Partners um, and, and a couple of others there. And uh, yeah, it all seems to have crumbled in, in the off-season. From... Um, from where I'm standing and, and some of the, the information that I'm hearing around the traps, obviously it's quite sensitive and you don't want to be, as someone who's a driver himself and in the industry, I don't want to be putting out any fake news. But um, it's no secret that some of the drivers that have been at Erebus in the past have not dealt with, um, with Barry Ryan, the, um, the CEO there, very well. Um, all of my dealings with Barry have, have been completely fine. Uh, we almost drove for them in, in Super 2 last year and just missed out on a spot there um, in favour of Jack Perkins um, for 2023. And, you know, Barry was great to Liz and I when we went down to the workshop. But, um, you know, they've had Dave Reynolds leave one year into a 10-year contract. Anton Di Pasquale left for Dick Johnson Racing back in, I think it was 2020, um, you've had Will Brown depart the Red Bull last year, and now all of a sudden their champion Brody has has gone. So, I mean, you've got to start asking questions about what the working relationship is is like down there, and you know how they value their their drivers. Um, I think Betty comes across as a very genuine person on television, and I'm sure that they they do value drivers down there. But there's obviously 
some sort of a rift that has gone on. And um, I feel really sorry for, for Brody if, if he feels like he can't drive in that environment anymore then, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good sign for the sport. And um, it'd be nice to see supercars step in and, and try and try and help resolve the situation because it'd be like the Penrith Panthers not showing up to round one of this season. Yeah, you're right there, Luke. Like, you need your champion driving in, in the series. I think you lose a bit about it. It's certainly not going to be helped with Shane Van Gisberg and get moving full-time to NASCAR as well. I think I read something last night, Luke, where... Um, the supercars could actually hold a license and then give that license to another uh, another team uh, an extra license to another team to for a situation like this did you hear that yesterday because i talked about maybe even yeah. from red bull and and has that happened yeah. previously yeah you're you're correct mate so um in supercars they call them a racing entitlement contract or for short they call it a wreck so basically like a franchise and most of these um or all of the team owners on the grid own up to two to four wrecks um so red bull racing erebus those guys have both got two wrecks each to run two cars so um supercars have slowly been taking back wrecks over the years and it's kind of like i suppose when rugby league you know started to to merge merge teams or try and bring down the amount of teams competing Supercars have this magic number of 24 cars that they want on the grid, which apparently in their mind makes it easier for them to sell the category um, to support events like the Formula One. You know, if you've got less cars on the grid, it's kind of easier to put the grid spots together. So supercars have got a few of those wrecks in reserve. Now, there's a a gentleman who goes by the name of Peter Adderton who runs Boost Mobile. Um, He's been a big supporter of Brody Kostecki over the past few years and has put some wild cards in place for drivers like Richie Stanaway to compete at Bathurst. Um, I know, well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Peter's behind the scenes trying to get his hands on on a 25th wreck. Um, I think he he probably sees this as a way to, to leverage himself onto the grid. Um, he's been staunch about not wanting to actually buy himself a team. He doesn't want to go and buy it. He wants to build his own team and just and have his own wreck. So um, there's probably an opportunity there for, for that situation to happen. Um, and I don't know if there's rumblings around Red Bull. I mean, obviously, Will Brown and Brody Kostecki got along really well as teammates. So... You know, whether Jamie Winkup um, and Roland Dane decide to put their, their foot forward, who knows? I mean, that would all be speculation at this point, but I'm sure there, there is plenty of rumblings behind the scene to try and get that guy on the grid because, as you say, Gaz, like with SVG, Shane Van Gisbergen heading off to NASCAR, I think Mark Winterbottom is now the last reigning champion on the grid and he won his championship back in 2014. So... You, between 2014 to now, if Kostecki doesn't get on the grid, we don't have any of our champs from, from those years. So yeah. it's um, it's not a good look for the sport. It's not. Nerebus, it's almost back to the drawing board. Will Brown's a really bright young driver. It's interesting there, uh, Luke, you mentioned Roland Dane, right? So Barry Ryan comes out and sort of cryptically says, we know the truth regarding the Kostecki situation. Is this a case of where there's smoke there fire? And I know you said he didn't want to, you know, being in the industry, to throw shade on Erebus necessarily, but Roland Dane said there was a toxic workplace behind this rift yeah. between Erebus and, and Kostecki. And I wonder now, you know, hinging on him returning to the grid, that would depend on Erebus granting him a, a contract release, would it not? 
Yeah, correct, mate. I, I think um, it's it's going to be very difficult, and, and until we know sort of what those contracts look like behind the scenes, we won't really know whether it's a possibility to actually get Brody on the grid. Um, I believe he did have one year left on his contract this year. So, I mean, if Erebus turn around and say, well, if you're not driving for us, you're not driving at all. Um, that, that would be that spiteful. May well be. That would be spiteful. It, it, it would be. I mean, in in Erebus, on Erebus's side of the fence, um, you know, whether they've mistreated their drivers or not, they have invested in a lot of their drivers over the years. So when Will and Brody came into the team three years ago, the, the Erebus team had already put a lot of funding behind those guys to try and bring them onto the grid as, as, as rookies and believe in them. So, And I think you can see from Barry Ryan's interviews last year when Will Brown was leaving the team for Red Bull, you know, he wasn't best pleased with it. Um, and I, I think they probably feel like they're investing in drivers and then losing them. Um, so you could probably understand from their perspective why they would be annoyed and maybe they wouldn't want to let Brody into another team and have him then competing against them. But in the name of the sport and, and you know, for, for just the fans in, in general, it's, um, it would be a real shame to see them kind of hold that stance for any longer and, and keep the guy off the grid. Yeah, Luke, we've got a quick grab, Sam, back in the studio. He's got a quick grab from Will Davidson on, uh, on Brody Kostecki's situation. We'll just have a quick listen to that. It's obviously just a, cool. a shame um, to have the champion who was so new to the sport to actually win it in only his third year was, was pretty amazing. I know he's a good mate of Anton's. So, um, yeah, obviously some circumstances that are a little bit messy there. And motorsport is juicy. It is political. And there's often a lot of these things going on behind the scenes that you'd never hear. It's just a bit sad that it's, it's sort of come to the headline that it has. Yeah, so that's uh, Will Davison there. And... Uh, from a driver's perspective, they'd love to see the champion out in the track, no doubt. Uh, Luke? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think, like like all of us, like when whenever I'm racing, whether it be, you know, against a Garth Tander or Fabian Coulthard or, or any of those guys in Carrera Cup last year, you you always want to be racing against the, the best guys on, on the grid. And I, I think for a lot of the boys in supercars this year, if they won the title, they'd feel like it's, you know, it maybe doesn't hold quite as much weight because they're not beating the guy who, who had previously won the year before, you know. So he's obviously the form guy that, that everybody's chasing. And, I mean, like, for me personally, to look at this situation, like, I've been in teams where you don't quite get the treatment that you feel like you deserve from whether it be engineers or, or the team owner or, you know, you're... As, as drivers, it's a, it's a bit like some of the stances that the, the NRL is, is taking at the moment with the, the Players Association. And I think it's, it's coming to a point where us as drivers are, are almost going to have to try and band together to try and change the, the culture of the industry because, um, but believe it or not, um, teams don't necessarily value their drivers as highly as, as you might think. And we kind of get pushed to the side quite quite a bit and I think this is an extreme case of that and if it if it is a toxic workplace you know it's it's not right and and no one should have to deal with that no matter what industry you're in so um yeah I'd really like to see supercars step in and and try and put some sort of an investigation in place to to try and resolve the situation 
Yeah, I think you're right. In- interesting point you made with regards to, I guess, loyalty there. You know, you talked about Barry Ryan being displeased and Will Brown said he's, he's going to move on. And Betty Clemenko, too, you, you touched upon. It's, you know, she was umming and ahhing, was she not? I think from memory about signing Kostecki, she needed a bit of convincing. Eventually she did. But, you know, p- putting all that aside, though, Luke, I just, I just don't see how Erebus win this from a PR perspective. I, I can't see it. Yeah, look, it's a very hard one. I, I think... Um... Betty does have a lot of fans. She's very strong on that front. Um, so I, I think there'll be people, you know, waiting for, for her to, to talk and, and waiting for her to, to come out on it. But um, one, one of the other really worrying points that we haven't touched on is the, the mass exodus of sponsors out of Erebus. You know, they, like I mentioned before, Shore and Partners was a, a big sponsor and was even supporting their Super 2 program for drivers co-drivers, you know, Coca-Cola was involved, um, FTT truck rentals. you like, these are three big sponsors that all within three or four days of each other this week have walked away from the team. And, and we saw the, the first test for Erebus with, um, with Hazelwood in the car now and, and Jack LeBrock, who signed in place of Will Brown last year. Um, yeah, it, it's... That that in itself is is not a good sign, and and when you're talking about from a PR perspective, the the whole look of the team changes completely now. Um, I think they still will be competitive to to a point, but it's um it is going to be very difficult to see how they come out on on top. And I think um, people are going to want to understand what's what's going on behind the scenes, and and eventually the the story is going to have to come out. 2024, Luke. What's that? What's in store for you this year? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, Gaz. I mean, um, the one of the, uh, the really good things for me this year is they've changed the regulations for the super license. So for those people out there that don't know, you have to have a super license to actually race a supercar. Um, and the regulations around trying to get a super license have been pretty restrictive um, for, for people who, I suppose, can't afford to do the supercar pathway through Super 3 and Super 2. So I've actually got 12 out of the 15 super license points that you need to become a super supercars driver. So, um, yeah, now that they've relaxed some of those regulations and you don't have to compete in as many championships to step up that ladder... Um, it looks like we'll probably end up competing in some GT championship stuff. Um, you might see me hanging out with my old mate, Chaz Molstert. Um, we've got a few plans in, in place that we're working on at the moment with our sponsors from, from last season and, and some new ones. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be an exciting year, mate. I, I can't really announce any plans yet, but um, the, the goal is to achieve that super licence and be able to uh, put our hand up for some co-drives and hopefully you'll see us at the 1,000 in the in the near future. Yeah, fingers crossed. I remember there was a discussion, might have been last year, about getting drivers, talking about a particular driver on the American scene into McLaren and how hard it was to, to get that licence for, for Formula One. Speaking of Formula One, you know, Sebastian Vettel once said that everyone's secretly a Ferrari fan, right? If you're a motorsport, <laughs> you're a kid, you know, you think of a Magnum PI, the shiny Ferrari, it's something beautiful about it. Now, Lewis Hamilton, Luke... He's done everything, you know, in terms of stats. He's the greatest driver in Formula One history and gets a chance now to end his career at the Prancing Horse. I mean, this has got to be the stuff dreams are made of, surely. 
Mate, I almost fell off my chair when I saw it um, last week. It was yeah. my my Instagram blew up. My YouTube was like going off. Like every report was there, and honestly, I thought it was I I thought it was fake news. I could not believe that it was happening. I think it's so good for for the sport. Um, I think it's really good for for Lewis and. We can probably go into like a few of the theories around where mm. where all this is coming from and the potential breakdown of of Mercedes, but um, it it is quite a dream partnership. And you know, if Ferrari can be the ones to pull off an eighth world title for for Hamilton, oh. um, they're kind of going to steal Mercedes thunder, really, aren't they? Like it is, it, there's a lot on the on the line with this deal. Yeah, and if he does get eight, that'd put him past the great. Michael Schumacher as well. So, you know, there's all these lovely little kind of sub-narratives and, and sort of parallel stories. So even if it's another boring year, 2024, we've got this one to talk about, Luke, which is, is fantastic. Absolutely, mate. It's, it's, it's going to keep me going for the next 12 months. And I, totally. I do think that um, now this is just my personal opinion. I think that Charles Leclerc, who was at Ferrari, is without a doubt, you know, barring maybe Max Verstappen is one of the fastest drivers overall yep. one lap. So yep. qualifying pace, he's amazing. And I mm. think potentially Ferrari's brought Hamilton in to show Charles how to win a championship. Because Charles yeah. in the past has made mistakes. He can't quite put a whole season together. I think if you bring in the seven-time world champ, you show Charles how to win and how to be fast mm. and develop the car. You know, like Hamilton's going to bring over quite a few engineers and and people that are in his corner um it's it's going to be a very interesting season for ferrari and then we have the the rule changes in 2026 so uh yeah yeah, watch the f1 space i think it'll drive charles definitely you're right i think over one lap he's probably the fastest so i think ferrari strategies let them down hasn't it because they've had had the pace certainly in the past few years and and just very quickly because we got to get to the news headlines but and what i love about this too is that lewis in his career luke you know he's never shied away from competition think of his teammates jensen button fernando alonso you know, Nico Rosberg, all champions in, in their own right. He, he doesn't mind this. He's, he's not too arrogant to say, you know what, I'll, I'll share the grid with another potential champion. Yeah, absolutely. And I did hear things the other day where apparently Lewis's father was trying to suss out Red Bull as to whether they would have him as a staff oh. teammate. So he, he has got, you know, all of the experience and all the confidence in the world to back himself. And to be fair, like, that's how you've got to see it if you want to be a top-level driver. Like, yep. you need to go into that team knowing that you're having the confidence, at least in yourself, that you can beat that guy in the same equipment. And, yeah, you're right. That's what Lewis has always done. And just quickly, you mentioned Fernando Alonso there. I really, really hope that Mercedes look at Alonso. I think George Russell needs an experienced yeah. teammate. I can't see Fernando. Look, he might you know, probably mended those rifts. I'm not sure they go back there. But, you know, who fills that spot? You know, maybe it's science, maybe it's Albon. I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating watch. Uh, comprehensive as always. Uh, thank you so much, Lightning Luke King. Like, I'm going to officially call him my cousin now, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> my surname's King. Too. <laughs> I thought oh, it was much, Julian. And thanks, Gaz. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, good Great on night. you, Luke. Cheers. There he is. Luke King talking all things supercars, all things motorsport, 0477 736 736. A break for the news headlines.